the beautiful Alicia Fox. Spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Loaded up with alcohol, more specifically vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's coming in here. He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! Three ain't enough now, I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim, and intern Mark. And after tonight, none of you in this ring will ever... There's a one. There's a two. Oh! oh wow. All right. Welcome to Three Count Thursday. We are live. It is the final day in the longest month possibly ever. The month of April of 2020. We are the podcast of the millennium. We have tons to talk about this week, including Vince's rambling. WWE's moving sale in Heyman's best. But first, we are glad to be with you. Make sure you check out uh, threecountthursday.com. That is our home page. You can also check out uh, NGSC Sports. That's our home network. And uh, as well as Leib Sports. Ryan, that would be L-E-E-I-B sports.com. 100%. Uh, and also... Uh, if you go to our website, threecountthursday.com, you'll find our merchandise. You'll find our collar and elbow brand deal and much more. Again, threecountthursday.com. I apparently hit the wrong intro this week, uh, but a little uh, little throwback touch to the uh, the most recent before the current intro, but that's fine. I like that one as well. So, um, I mean, and there's no turning back once you're live. You're live, so uh, no turning back on that one. If you're we're live, pal, <laughs> we're live, pal. If uh, if you're following along with us on the live video, please give it a like. Please give it a share. I don't know what happened to the uh, the old watch party things, but like mine doesn't show up anymore as as being. Oh, there Ooh. there it is. No, no, I did find Yay. it. It just wasn't there on the uh, on the initial homepage. So I started a watch party. Maybe you should start a watch party as well. Uh, get as many people. Um, in here uh, as possible uh, on what has been a rainy Thursday in central Pennsylvania. Um, very rainy, very wet. Uh, but we are glad uh, you're joining with us uh, to close out the month of April. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll kick off May uh, a little bit better uh, than April was. And we can uh, start getting uh, on somewhat of a normal path. Um, first off, let's start. Matt, what are you drinking? Uh, I think I ended the last show with. A sip of sunshine so i'm starting this show but i do have a special one if mark does show up this is uh hazeway ipa and there's a nice little uh yeti on speak there. of the devil <laughs> and he appears just time mark this next one's for you he's got a, he's connecting to his audio intern mark how we doing 
Hey, I'm good. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Did you see Matt's Matt's beer there? I saw briefly when I popped up here, but I didn't see what it it's really a, what it said. There we go. Uh, look at the pic. Look at the picture. It's more about oh, the look picture. Look at that. That's a beauty. Isn't that a beauty? Um, Matt, that's wonderful. Where did you find that? A uh, local store. I'll save one for you. I know you're not really a beer drinker, but hey, I can peel the label off for you. We'll make it on. You can put it on your skateboard. How about that? That'll be perfect. I'll do it. You know how I love to skate. Yeah, that's good. Intern Mark, um, did you did you make it to Roots again this week? I sure did. I made it to Roots bright and early this morning, or not this morning, uh, last Tuesday morning. And uh, they, uh, so that is how many how many consecutive weeks now? Like you're not letting even a global pandemic stop you from getting to Roots Market. That is correct. I did not let a global pandemic slow me down for getting to Roots Market. That was uh, this past Tuesday was 302 weeks consecutively. Unbelievable! You know we got we need to contact one of these local news agencies and and get them to do a feature on one uh, on one intern Mark because this is this is something you're you're like the postal service. Snowstorm doesn't stop you. Summer heat, thunderstorms, global pandemic, nothing stops you. From getting to uh, Roots Market, the great farm market in uh, just outside Mannheim, Pennsylvania. James, there's no way that they would paint Mark in a good light in that story. That you're you're uh, actually very very true. That is a great point. Uh, so we know we know we know Matt's drinking the beer. Mark's having the sarsaparilla or whatever. Yes. What did Jim? What did you have for dinner? Maybe. Um, I had I made myself some eggs, uh, some scrambled eggs with uh, onion and cheese, and I put some salsa on top of it. So. Real stink, stinky day at the uh, studio well tonight. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's not just the social distancing that kept the guys away this week. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, how are we doing? So you got your uh, your new Philly fanatic Funko Pop there. It's the new Philly Funko Pop. Had an amazing dinner myself. Thank you so much for asking, You are welcome. Um, <laughs> I knew somebody who knew somebody who uh, brought me up a little treat from the shores of delaware oh nice delicious the grotto pizza which was uh absolutely fantastic just like uh mom makes it if mom worked at a grotto pizza <laughs> just like she would make it if she uh if she worked at the grotto so um just like now mom. hopefully whoever brought it to you and i'm not saying that you getting grotto pizza isn't essential but hopefully they were very essential. Hopefully they were traveling uh, interstate lines for essential business, of course. Essentially. Okay, perfect. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump into it again. If you're following along in the live video, give it a like, give it a share. We'd appreciate that. Uh, interact with us on the comments. You know, it, we're, <clears throat> we're as much here for you as uh, you guys are here for us. So um, I want to go back to last Friday night. Uh, on SmackDown, and uh, it was it was we talked about a little bit uh, on last week's show Triple H's 25th anniversary celebration. Um, this one, I, I I'm I'm still not totally sure what exactly happened. So there was parts of it that made me laugh. There was parts of it that made me um, kind of just want to turn it off or just wanted it to be over. And then there was other parts that just confused the hell out of me. Um, in particular, Vince McMahon just rambling in in what I just assume is um, the the. I, I hope he was drunk. I hope that he was just kind of taking the advice of Matt and myself 
um, and many other people in the in uh, the current situation. And based on the the prior couple of weeks that one Vincent Kennedy McMahon has had, that he just goes, you know what? I'm showing up to work drunk today, whether I'm working from home or not, um, because that's really the only thing that to me can justify um, what exactly that was um, that we saw on on Friday night. Yeah, what are we, we're talking about last Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember Triple H um, was like, is this a hickey or a bruise? Tons of pictures of last night ended up online. Um, I'm screwed. Oh, well, it's it's not a big deal. It wasn't great. It was awkward. It felt really, really weird to see the whole thing. Vince, uh, weird. They brought up Katie Vick like yeah, twice. Yeah, weird. Um, Vince, was he just like, ah, fuck it. This, this is good shit. We're going to give them good shit if that's what they want. And I just guess roll with so. it. I have no clue. But what? What a weird – they brought up the uh, this is your life. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like this is ranking close to that because I don't think it went over as well as they thought it would. Yeah, like the throwback like the throwback clips, which if you watch Raw on Monday, they kind of did throughout the show. They did like Triple H's like top ten moments or something because I'm like they're really not going to do another one of these like in-ring segments on Monday, are they? Uh, and thank God they didn't. So, but they like they started with like these throwback things. Um, to like, you know, his, his, they're like flubbing, um, Sean and Triple H were like flubbing on, on their interviews, the pre-tapes. And then, um, you know, his, like his, all of his losses at WrestleMania. I'm sure Frank loved that segment. Um, <laughs> but like, and then they went to the weird, like phone calls, like Triple H is like picking up like video calls, which just, I, I found to be like a little bit boring. And then, yeah, the whole Vince thing was just, was just out there. Uh, Matt, did you have a chance to catch the segment? Yeah, I, I watched. Uh, I didn't watch it live, but I did go back and and check into it. And it's just, it felt like they they were trying to do the "This Is Your Life" thing, and they just did not even get close to what they were trying to accomplish. I really liked the DX stuff. Um, obviously, if Shawn Michaels is on my TV and he's not in the resurrection of Gavin Stone, I'm going to be enjoying <laughs> what's on the screen. But um, I think I have that back here, Matt, somewhere. Let me borrow that. We'll we'll check it out sometime. Um, but it beyond that, like it it just felt forced. The Vince thing made it more awkward than it already was, which I didn't think was possible until it actually happened. And then um, I just I was just like, wow, like the, this is one of the staples of your company. You're trying to do something cool, and you just like you have all the time in the world right now to get this right, and you did not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely did not. Um, and uh, we got a couple comments, Jordan. We will get to your uh, your discussion because you, you we have a your question about replica belts coming up a little bit later. So hang on for that. Um, intern Mark, did you have a chance to catch the uh, the segment that was to close SmackDown last week? You know what i I recorded it, but I didn't watch it yet. I was uh, I was busy watching the Ninety Day Fiance at that point. You love that show, man. Really? <laughs> I really do. I'm completely hooked on the show. It's such a train wreck, but I'm hooked. Hey, it's like me and Total Bellas. Uh, it, You'll probably enjoy what happened on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Mark, you might like it. Maybe you can. Maybe that'll be your. Uh, you can. You can write a review for the website or something. Uh, Devin <laughs> says here he goes that he thinks Ric Flair ruined uh, ruined it, uh, and it was an awkward segment. Yeah, I think awkward's probably the best way to put it because even you know. Even the the interactions with Sean and Triple H, which are usually pretty gold, um, were j- they j- something. It just seemed off, and I don't know if it's because I think 
I think the last week's episode was taped. So, like, I don't know if it was one of those things where they know they're not actually live. So, like, it just it doesn't have the same feel to it. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it was it was a very it was a very weird segment uh, to, to celebrate Triple H's 25 years with the company. Um, and uh, and, yeah, like I said, when when they I, I was watching um, Chicago PD on USA on Monday and I saw a commercial for Raw aired, and it said that the, the Triple H's 25th ce- anniversary celebration continues tonight on Raw, and I was like, why? <laughs> like, And it's sad, because I'm like, you know, as we discussed last week, like, I'm a, I'm a huge Triple H guy, and, and, and I always have been, but I'm like, I don't, I don't really need to see another, you know, 20-minute segment or whatever, the, you know, whatever the amount of time that it aired on SmackDown was going to end up being, but um, like I said, they they just ended up running clips, which uh, was was a much much better way to uh, to go about it uh, on Raw. Um, do we have any other any other thoughts on this uh, before I before I move on? Uh, okay, so this week this was uh, this was from an article that I saw pop up on uh, on WrestlingNews.co. And um, it, it, it caught some traction on Twitter, um, but I, I kind of – because I saw the tweet. It was actually from a tweet from a Dutch Mantel, um, and then I, I saw some of the news outlets pick it up. Um, it, it, it's that Dutch Mantel was claiming that he said WWE is up for sale negotiating um, with ESPN, um, like Disney, ESPN, uh, or uh, and or Fox. Um According to sources within the WWE, um, the tweet from Dutch Mantel is not accurate. No talks about selling the company on it. On the investor call last week, uh, Vince did talk about the possibility of selling the network to ESPN or Fox, um, and and that a deal was close apparently um, before the, uh, the the pandemic situation. And obviously, networks, uh, sports networks, all networks really. Um, as as everything right now um have uh, taken a big hit um so networks like ESPN and Fox not looking to make uh, any acquisitions uh, uh like that at this time um so you know so the, we we we've heard some of the buzz even in the last couple of years that the WWE may at some point uh be up for sale or or portions of the the, the broadcasting content um, I know back in uh, the the mid midway through the winter, there was some discussion about um, the the network or or the four big pay per views being sold off to uh, like ESPN Plus or something like that. So you would have your regular pay per views and all the other network content on the network, but like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam would be on um, uh, another service. Um, so it's just kind of one of these things. Like I, I didn't actually kind of think that the, the WWE at this point <laughs> was going to be up for sale just because like, you know, you, you are kind of at your lowest point, which, you know, is in terms of stock value and, and, and things like that. Um, but it, it kind of like started like spinning things through my head. Like if, if the WWE were to sell um, to, to let's say, you know, Disney ESPN, um, how do you think that that would change 
the the WWE. Like obviously when, when WCW and Ted Turner sold it off to AOL and Time Warner, that really kind of was the beginning of the end. Um, and then that's where things really kind of took a weird turn for WCW. Um, in in today's climate, do you, do, would, do you think that that would be really be the beginning of the end uh, of the WWE? Or do you think it's something where, you know, ESPN might own it, but retain the WWE staff, um, you know, like Triple H and Stephanie and stuff like that. I, I have a hard time imagining Stephanie McMahon, um, you know, Shane McMahon. I don't know exactly what he does with the company anymore. But I have a hard time believing that the McMahon, anybody in the McMahons, uh, would be re- like would stay with it if if they if the WWE would ever sell. Like, what do you think that that would look like? Um, we'll go to Matt first. Um, I mean, in that hypothetical situation, I mean, ESPN owned by Disney. Disney doesn't necessarily make those purchases unless they have a plan in place. And I mean, you know, you look at the last few big acquisitions that they've made with Lucasfilm and and Marvel, they've retained a lot of people in those companies just because they have the understanding that they want to bring someone in that already kind of knows what they're doing to keep that as profitable profitable as it can be. So um, it would be hard for me to imagine that acquisition being made without Disney having a plan in place to have the McMahons still be part of it, at least in name alone, if nothing else. Um, but I mean, that, that could then open up a whole lot more. I mean, we've, we've all always talked about the possibility of a brick and mortar hall of fame. We might actually see that if Disney would be the ones to invest in something like that. Um, so if it's Disney, I don't see that as the beginning of the end. If it's Fox, then I might lean a little more towards then this might be it because Fox has more so that that reputation of kind of buying things, not knowing what to do with them, and then they just kind of flounder. All right, uh, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, I think WWE has that reputation too, Matt, of, of buying things and not knowing how to use talent and then watching them flounder. Uh, so maybe it's why would you say that, WWE Ryan? What what evidence uh, in recent history do you have of that? <laughs> recent history, there, Big Jim. Jeez, uh, I don't know. That's Come on, we're only one. we're only a two hour show. Right, right, right. Uh, we'll, we'll say Kane Velasquez for the short answer and move on. Oof. Um, I think Matt's right. I think Disney would would know how to take care of it. Um, and and maybe that'll bring Topanga back to the WWE programming um, and put All her right. on weekly, and then I'd watch every week. So <laughs> there you go. Gotta um, love that. Uh, what if that? Gotta love that Topanga. Intern Mark, what do you got? I'm trying to remember when uh, Topanga was in WWE. That's been so not, long not ago. Back to WWE, back to wrestling. I, I, I meant to say. Well, I mean, to be fair, her uh, there was an episode of uh, Boy Meets World that featured uh, the late great uh, Vader and Jake the Snake Roberts. So. There is a there is a Topanga tie. I mean, Corey and Topanga had her Sweet Sixteen dance uh, in the middle of a WWE ring. Yeah, well, that's pretty exciting. I forgot all about that. But the uh, you know it'd be pretty nice if I, I don't think WWE is going to sell or be sold or you know whatever the case is. But if they did, if Disney picked them up, I'd love to see a WWE theme park. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah, like the possibilities I mean, are endless. Exactly, theme park, restaurants, uh, you know, physical Hall of Fame, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, WWE restaurant could come back to to Disney Springs, reinvigorate that. I know we all miss, you know, the that twelve dollar 
hamburger with nothing on it. <laughs> did I did, did I tell you guys when I was going through uh, like boxes of stuff that I found uh, a napkin, an yeah. unused napkin from WWF New York, um, uh, among my findings, as well as a magazine that I'm pretty sure, uh, hopefully, the statute of limitations uh, is gone on that. But I I found a I, we we found a box of magazines, WWF magazines. One of them had an autograph on the end. I think it was Terry Reynolds' autograph on the inside, and that thing found its way into my backpack. It was really weird. That's probably worth a full four dollars and fifteen cents these days. Exactly, and that uh, and that maybe that's where WWE, the WWF New York, the downfall first began. That was supposed to be a giveaway. It didn't happen, and uh, the rest is history. It's all it's all gone now. Um, we can if Disney if Disney acquires it, it could be renamed Ric Flair Space Mountain. That that is true as well. Great, uh, great now call. Uh, we have a comment here. Uh, <clears throat> question from Ringsiders. They said, "What if what if Trump bought the WWE? Uh, he has the independent wealth to finance it, as well as a love uh, for the sport, and uh, of course ties to the McMahon family." Um, I mean, I guess it's possible, but I, I, I think if the WWE would ever sell, I think it would, it would, they would be selling to somebody that already has some sort of established, uh, you know, net network and, uh, like broadcasting, um, you know, like, like, like a broadcast home for it and stuff like that. I don't think it's a matter of just selling it to a, uh, to, to somebody with a lot of money. I think there's, I think there's more, a little more to it. Uh, then Trump, the, uh, Trump has Fox News. He could put it on there. Oh, well, that's true. That's a great point. Let me ding you on that one. Um, <laughs> Devin you says, like I, how my Trump diploma finally came in. From oh State my University. God. Finally, that is finally came in. That is awesome. And it, all, congratulations. Paper. and it only cost you a small loan of a million dollars, which is, uh, made it, though. which is uh, pretty impressive. Devin says, um, he thinks if, uh, ESPN bought it, they would keep everybody, uh, even Vince. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, Frank points out Topango was also a fan of Leo Rush. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, big, and she would, uh, uh, she would go to a lot of PWG events, I think. Yeah. Um, in California. Yeah. Uh, Jordan says he had been to WWF New York twice. Uh, he loved it. He sells old photos when he was nine or 10, uh, at New York. So, uh, yeah, it's just something I saw come across again. I, I, I don't really think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of weight to it at this point. Again, um, you know, post pandemic, if, if if the WWE bounces back, um, then I then to me there may be more of a possibility for something like that because like you know once it's it's worth a little bit more maybe Vince is like you know what I'm just tired dude and it just gets the hell out but uh, I don't uh, I don't see it happening. Um, so Jim, uh, you found the napkin. You didn't find like a menu for the restaurant at all, right? I didn't. I don't think I I don't think I uh, I don't think I five finger discounted a menu. Okay. Uh, I wish I would have, though. In hindsight, I wish I would have taken a lot more from that place because I don't think it was that long after we were there that it, it went belly up, if I if I remember right. Long after that. Very <laughs> short I don't remember shit from that other than there was a broken table, like, folded in half, and, like, the lap dance chairs that we all sat in. Yes, uh, in like the back room that I don't think we were even ever supposed to be. No, in. that's where that's where that magazine, that room is where the magazine was from. Like, so I, I think they they I think they hosted like watch parties, like de- oh, like okay. raw like raw or SmackDown watch parties or something in there. 
Um, I just, yeah, I just remember, like, it, there wasn't a whole lot to it. Like, you think about some of the theme restaurants, uh, like, in New York and stuff. I mean, there was just, there was a bunch of TVs, like, scaffolding. I know there's a lot of scaffolding in the place. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, some memorabilia on the walls. But, like, thinking back, like, I don't think it was, it wasn't even, like, themed all that well. Like, somebody definitely dropped the ball. You were thinking, I was thinking when we went, it would be, like, a Planet Hollywood or a yeah. type deal. And, and it, it really wasn't. There was, like, framed 8 by 10s of wrestlers on the walls. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't, like, you know, there wasn't, like, a ring set up, like, ropes. Like, I, like, I imagine, like, there was just, like, instead of, like, you know, um, you know, like where like the walls like bar like not barricades, but like where the dividers in the room are. Like I imagine there would have been ropes and you know steel posts and stuff like that. Like I, I really would have thought that they would have kind of went all out, given you were just you know a number of blocks from Madison Square Garden and like so much history with the WWF. But uh, yeah, it, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, and I don't think uh, Niagara Falls one was either. Not an empty Ric Flair whiskey bottle in sight. I mean, they, they really... <laughs> and, to, and, like, you know, I mean, if Rick ever showed up to that place, I mean, there would have been plenty of uh, empty bottles. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they kind of dropped the ball. But, hey, at least we didn't get sick. Like, the next year when we went to that Jekyll and Hyde restaurant and, like, half don't the... Eat the uh, don't eat the honey mustard. Yeah, half the, half the people on the trip on the way home started yakking on the bus. So, uh you know, at least, at least I feel the like that was my fault. That one was on me. At least the wrestling restaurant didn't didn't uh, get everybody sick. So I mean, both of those were on you, weren't they, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I, I think I pretty much planned. I just wanted to get the hell out of class. <laughs> I mean, didn't we all? Didn't we all? Um, yeah. Let's. She the, bought uh, it. We got to go. She bought it. Yeah. Worked. The uh, WWE that Niagara Falls. I was up in that store once. Were you? And, yeah, I really was. Honestly, I have a shot glass from there. Uh, and they, they, I think there were at least two stories, and they had a ride called Pile Driver. It was like a drop tower, but it wasn't running when I was up there. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? They had big TV screens and a lot of merchandise, but I don't remember much more about it. I, it wasn't anything real impressive. But the Niagara Falls at least had a ride, like something you could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there oh, is. Yeah. I don't even think WWF New York had it had like a gift shop. Like, like I don't even like they I think had an he, arcade. They had an arcade game. That's all I remember. Yeah, like I was about it. Um, Frank's is WWE. It was one four-player like Royal Rumble arcade <laughs> game. That's all it was. One four-player game. Yeah, Frank says uh, it was a disappointment. The food wasn't even that good. Yeah, it was. It was like basic bitch bar food. It really was like that. That that's what the restaurant could have been renamed. Basic bitch bar food. Uh, Scotty says good evening. Been a crazy bad week at work watching y'all. To forget about that. Yeah, Scotty, sorry. Uh, it's you know it's been kind of a rough week I think for a lot of people a uh, rough month for a lot of people so um, we're we're just doing our best to entertain you guys and uh, and we um, we hope that you can uh, find some entertainment and, and get find a little distraction maybe uh, with us here for a couple hours. Um, and Scott, he said we made it a mist up at uh, Niagara Falls. You ain't getting my fat ass on that boat, no way. Oh, no that's a blast. No, it is a blast. I can get I can get misted from the falls standing on a on a safe. Uh, sidewalk uh, near the falls. Would you would you do the cave of the winds, which is the thing that walks you under the falls, and then like the fall can like fall on you when you get really really wet? No, why why would I do that? I don't need to do that. That's, that's also it's all inducing. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Right, but don't, yeah. don't there's you a have, lot of steps. Right, you do a lot of steps. Do you have to get on a boat to do that one? No, you take an elevator wow. down into like the end of the world or something. Like uh, underneath. Maybe, maybe I would do that one. Maybe I'd do that. Yeah, there's one. no boat involved. Okay, yeah. If there's no boat, so you can wet your pants. If there's no boat, um, 
then I could probably do it. I, so you're just... fine. You're fine taking an elevator into the depths of hell, but you don't want to get on a boat. Yeah. Completely right solid logic, hell. Matt. Oh, it's like ten <laughs> stories down. Okay, Frank says they did have a gift shop at uh, WWF New York. They didn't have much of a selection. Uh, they, they oh, used... yeah, they did have a gift shop. Maven was working, uh, selling stuff there. <laughs> Maven there, right? Um, Frank said he was hoping for a selection of DVDs and figures that they really had nothing new or interesting. So, yeah, maybe it was just basic, like, restaurant souvenir type stuff as opposed to a... I mean, they, they, it's still something they should revisit because they could do something like that. And, like, the four of us would probably take a road trip and shell out way too much money on oh. like a t-shirt that says wwe new york or like mark could obviously use another shot glass because you know the the one he has <laughs> that's used so often but i mean it's wearing out is what it is it's, you know it's they, old they haven't even like revisited that at this point with everything that's come since that one closed like the the network and all the success i mean it's a simple thing. Like you rent out the retail space and the money probably prints itself at this point. If you like invest a little bit into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe that's something like, cause you know, I know that there was some, some discussion about a potential uh, like physical hall of fame down in Orlando, uh, even if obviously the, a sale of the company doesn't happen. I know that was something that was discussed. And like Frank says, a Hall of Fame restaurant would be much better with memorabilia displays, live appearance. And and that's where I think you're probably more apt to go because, like, you know, if, if you do it in Orlando, you already get – you have the connection with Disney and, and Universal and, and all the other parks and attractions down there. It's nicer weather. It's a – it's a, um, you know, more of a vacation destination. Not that New York isn't. Obviously, uh, the city of New York um, typically uh, is a is a is a tourist destination. But um, you know, I even I would be more apt probably to go to Orlando because my wife loves Disney, and we we've talked about going down to the parks. My brother lives in Florida, so um, you know, I'd probably be more apt to make a trip to Orlando. Uh, they have the training center. Like, why not just like make that a whole complex and put a restaurant and the hall yeah. of fame all right in there. And like, let, I don't know if they let people tour the training center or not. Um, but you know, open that up for tours as well. And just, I mean, with people being down there for Disney universal, like they, they could just easily rake off of that. I don't know why they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with it, obviously it can be a little bit hard, you know, with the, with, you know, the, the, the training classes and uh, you know, the, um, it being an active gym and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think that even if you have a couple of, you know, set times or, or um, something, you know, so many weekends a month, something like that, you can do tours of the Performance Center. Um, or led by ZZ, you know, you, you get the <laughs> whole experience. No, 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 he doesn't work there. He just lives uh, lives out there on the, the street just outside. He keeps trying to get in. They, they tell him to get the hell out. He doesn't work there anymore. i got to sweep the sidewalks. Get to get rid of Malagator. Um, Scotty says he misses Chocolate World at uh, Hershey Park, and and so does. Um, so that's uh, that's for you, Mark. Any any update on on Hershey Park, Mark? Is it is is it an indefinite shutdown, or or when when is the prospective open date there? Well, the latest that they had posted is uh, they're hoping to be open by June. Okay. So it went from May 1st to June 1st, but I don't know. I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. 
you know, one month. I know it sounds like a lot, and and if you you know, like I said, this this does seem to be kind of the longest month ever. Um, but really, it's it, it's a thirty day, thirty one day period. So, um, I'm glad they're optimistic. Um, but when when you're seeing you know like NASCAR is resuming in the middle of May. Uh, golf is resuming in the middle of May, but no, uh, no fans at either of those. Uh, the NBA, the NHL are, are looking at, um, you know, looking at the, the prospect of when they might be able to return without a crowd. Like I have a hard time believing that, uh, that an amusement park, uh, would be opening one month from, uh, tomorrow. And, and I, I hope for folks like yourself, intern Mark, that are, that are champing at the bit to, uh, to get out to the great Hershey park here uh, in central PA. But um, yeah, it's, it's to me, probably, probably not, uh, probably not likely happening. Uh, let's get to, uh, when, um, when is that Bowser concert though? Are we going to be open by Bowser? Oh boy. Oh, I sure hope so. That's uh, September, like mid September. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not officially announced, but I checked out uh, Bowser's website and he has himself listed as being there. Okay. I think it's the tenth. It's a Saturday. Tenth of September. So May, June, July, August. So that's like that's a little over five months away. Um, uh, my God, Mark. I hope. I, I've like. Man, I mean, June first. June first doesn't seem super likely, but. Yeah. Uh, God, I, I would. I would certainly hope that that by middle of September we could uh, we could get the uh, the parks open. But uh, time I've, time will tell. Um, now we did I've have a. My, uh, I have an autographed uh, album from Greece with Bowser because Sean on that was in the real the, the back cover. That's right. They were. Uh, they were. Exciting? So we, we had a question uh, earlier this week. Uh, Jordan sent it in to us. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tag it in with uh, a question he asked earlier. He asked about uh, if any of us are going to be buying. Uh, this is a question in the comments. Would any, are any of us get planning on buying the, uh, the Triple H anniversary uh, belt on the WWE shop? Yeah, I I am not. That one's a big old. Uh, much like that uh, Brahma bull belt. That those are ones that definitely, definitely, you know, like we always saw pictures of the Brahma bull belt, and we're like, oh, so it's kind of like the smoking skull belt, but um, worse. Uh, so uh, it's definitely one that that probably shouldn't have seen the light of day. But you know, for a fact that people are buying it. They're not going to put it on there. Um, if uh, if if people aren't uh, aren't gonna buy it, but yeah, they they've been doing like the commemorative. Uh, I know like the Winged Eagles, they did like a Shawn Michaels one, they did a Bret Hart one, they did a Hulk Hogan one, uh, they did an orange John Cena spinner belt that that is up there. Of course, that god awful Undertaker one. Um, and that that now they have a mini one. You know the little mini belts. They have a mini one of the Undertaker. So if you didn't spend seven hundred dollars on the big <laughs> one, you can go ahead and not spend you know seventy dollars on the little one. Um, but yeah, they uh, they have a Triple H commemorative belt. I think the like each section looks like the uh, the old the the, the H cross uh, like the Independent uh, logo. Um, it is just it is just awful. It is just so bad. Um, they probably, but again, people are going to buy it. But Jordan's question that he that he messaged us, uh, Scott says Brock Lesnar guy will buy the uh, Triple H belt. He probably will. He's saving a lot of money on wrong. ringside tickets right now. Um, but uh, Jordan says he would buy the Rock's belt. Hey, like I said, th- there's going to be people that buy it. I think it's heinous looking. Um, 
But Jordan asked us, he sent us a message on Facebook. He said, for you guys, what is your most prized replica belt that you own? Um, He said he's buying his first replica, the the U.S. title. He's buying the U.S. title, so uh, that's his first one. Um, I have owned, in in my life, I have owned the uh, Big Eagle, the the Round Eagle, like the uh, Attitude Era title. Uh, I owned the Undisputed title, the first version. Uh, and of course, I own the uh, I own this guy that you know sits on our table uh, in studio, that um, you know we don't get to see because we changed our camera configuration due to the fucking pandemic. Um, but uh, so, but I, I sold at one point in my life. I sold the other two. So if we're t- just talking ones that I own, it is the uh, the current WWE Championship. Um, but I'm gonna abridge Jordan. I'm gonna abridge your question a little bit, like. If if you could have one replica belt, like if you were gonna if you were gonna own one replica belt, what would be the number one on your list? Like if you're gonna buy one, you you know you win the lottery, your first your first replica belt purchase after you win the lottery, what would that be? For me, plain and simple, Winged Eagle. Um, that was that was the belt. Like when I was growing up, when I thought about wrestling, even to this day, like if somebody mentions like the WWF Championship, WWE Championship, that's the first belt that 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 comes into my mind um so that would be mine now if i win a lot of money um i'm probably going to own a lot of replica belts but the first one i would buy um would be the uh the winged eagle intern mark what is your uh first one i also got a little seamus right here a little buddy seamus <laughs> i i would probably do the winged eagle it's a toss-up between that and the old uh, ic title that savage and steamboat used okay. to have yeah, those ones are solid. Uh, I also love uh, – to me, my number two would probably be the old tag belts, though. Like, because I had the old foam ones, the foam ones when we were a kid, and the tag belt was the only one that actually looked like the real ones. So I always loved that one the best. Uh, Ryan, what would your what would your uh, dream or your first replica belt purchase be? Uh, yeah, I do. I do have a few already. I don't display them. I'm not that much of a mark. I don't take them to wrestling shows. But uh, I have the uh, the winged eagle, and the big eagle, and then the same one that you have the uh, the commemorative you uh, um, WWE oh, Championship hi, one. So uh, I would probably uh, I'd probably go for what Mark had said the Intercontinental Championship that old Steamboat Savage sort of era in IC title. Now we're Jim, ta- you're not wrong with that with those '90s WWE tag belts. Oh, those are so freaking good. sharp. So good. Really I keep are. I keep looking um, Fandu belts. Um, has they they have one where instead of like the WWF logo, there's like it almost looks like the Weezer logo, but it's in like the block letter style. Um, and they're like thick ass, like you know, multi multi layer plates. They also do like a crown instead of a, 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 a instead of a logo. And I have looked at that because they do the uh, classic tag. Um, if you have if you ever been in a signing with uh, Road Warrior uh, Animal. I almost said real world animal. I don't know why I keep going back to real world. <laughs> why do you do that? I don't know because maybe because I love the real world. I don't know. Um, but uh, he, I think the belt that he always has at his appearances is actually a Fandu belt, um, and uh, those are pretty solid. Now, when you now before we get to Matt's, you, Mark Ryan, you guys say the the classic Intercontinental title. You you mentioned like the Savage Steamboat. Are we talking like custom with red? WWF logo, or are you just going standard gold? I'm going. I'm going. Um, the standard, probably black, black strap, gold, 
um, gold plates. Okay. If I could get the old logo on it as well, the the old box WWF logo. That's that's what I would want. I've actually dug out. I have uh, next to me my my wrestling tote because I never know what we're going to get into. But the big eagle that I have is actually on on the blue belt. Um, I don't know if you can see the blue. Oh yeah, the, that, that that was the, the original. Nine, the, the blue belt release of it. Um, it's probably one of my one of my more favorites. But man, that winged eagle. That's just so classic. The whole yeah. look. It's so clean. The design. It's such a. It's probably the perfect belt in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt, what would your uh, go to your first replica belt purchase be? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pen this a little bit more because um, because mine would be the winged eagle as well we've already talked about that kind of ad nauseum here um if i'm looking like a current belt that they have that i would buy i think the one that i would spring for first would be the nxt north america title mm. they have currently um so if that would be my current one but overall would be the winged eagle because that that is a flawless oh that's strength. that's that's a good question current belts um devin says his one and only replica is the uh the scratch logo the belt that the that the rock unveiled the the um so the original version of what is now the wwe wwe championship um and he said he would get the uh the original spinner belt uh, I was never a spinner guy. I know uh, I, I had a couple of friends. My cousin had a spinner belt. Um, the thing was heavy as hell for a replica, um, but I just I, I I never liked it. Like for Cena, it was one of those things. To me, it, that thing should have been Cena's smoking skull belt, uh, and nobody else should have held it. Like it was, it shouldn't yep. have it shouldn't have been a title that was passed around. Um, Didn't really fit CM Punk like at all. I always thought that like as he was holding that belt, like man, they need to do something. Yeah, about that. yeah. Um, I, I always did like once the Miz had it though that he kept it from spinning, so it just stayed with like the M, like the W upside down. Um, but man, in terms of current uh, current titles, um, obviously I, I'm not going to go with the the current WWE Championship because I already own a, a version of that. Um, and you know I would have gone tag belts, but when they when they took away the copper, um. You know, then they broke my heart. I would have gone cup. No, I'm just kidding. Those things, those things are just, um, <laughs> just freaking awful. Um, Matt, not to copy you, but I'd probably go North American title. Um, you know, because like to me, the U.S. titles a dumpster fire. Uh, no offense, Jordan. I, I've never liked that. You know, that United States title. Uh, I would, I, I would love to see them go with something similar to the old WCW United States title. Um, and uh, the, I, I I like the new Intercontinental title, but like out of all the out of all the ti- like it's not a bad looking title to me. But out of all the belts that you could have redone, that was the one you needed to do the absolute least because the you know the the, the classic uh, Intercontinental style with the current logo um, was really good. But um, it would either be North America or the uh, the NXT UK title because the NXT UK titles. Uh, really solid as well. Uh, Ryan, what would you get out of the current titles? Without question, the Ring of Honor World Championship. Now, are we talking the pure title like we've seen people uh, carry no, around at local shows? The current title if I wanted the pure championship. <laughs> yeah, no, the Ring of Honor World Champion. Solid, solid. Intern Mark, what about uh, what about you? I think I'd go with the uh, 205 Live Belt. The, the Cruiserweight? I'd do the Cruiserweight. Are you being, are you being serious? 
I like the uh, I like the purple look. I've, I've always liked the purple too. Like I I that would be my second choice because I think wow. the purple on that like is a really good contrast. So I'm with you, Mark. Wow, that would be my second option. I am wow. I am stunned. I, I would have never. Uh, I would have never guessed that uh, from anybody. Uh, Devin says, "What about his... that AEW Women's Championship? No takers still." <laughs> Uh, Devin, uh, Devin says the current belt he would get, uh, would be the North American title. Uh, that thing is, that, that is just so, uh, so clean. Um, Matt, before we jump in some of the other stuff that I have, I think you may have uh, a topic, a question. We don't have an official, the three count question of the week, the, uh, this week, but I think you had, you had something kind of bring to the, uh, question or topic here. I did. Um, so, I, and I am curious to see what the three of you and anyone in the comments Feel free to yeah. Feel free. Why well, don't before you ask the question, throw it. Let's get everybody who's uh, watching along right now. Throw throw a share up there, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get some more people in here maybe to uh, to uh, discuss this uh, this question as well. So give you share the video right now, uh, Matt. Go ahead. What you got? Yeah. So I I just started watching the Last Dance. Um, I I put it off for a while because I didn't know if I wanted to commit to a ten hour documentary. Now, are we talking the ten hour Donna Summer documentary, The Last Dance? Or are we talking the? Yes. Okay. Well, no, that that one I already watched. <laughs> oh, so this, good. This I was going to say you should have already seen that. Oh no, yeah, years ago. <laughs> uh, so this is the Michael Jordan one they're doing on ESPN. So I am a basketball fan. So I, I was curious, but it's still a 10 hour documentary. So it's a lot of time to commit on one topic. So I just started it. Um, and it is interesting. So my question is what wrestler do you think is worthy of the 10 hour documentary at this Ooh. point? Man, that's, um, <laughs> Jordan says he would get the up, up, down, down title. Um, that's, that's something, uh, maybe they can do a two for one with the undertaker title. That that's a thing they have that's that that is a thing that you can buy that is that is about all we can say about it um man if any if anybody can grab this one um and so do you, are you do you want current wrestler any wrestler of all time it doesn't necessarily have to be current because i mean obviously there's there's old school wrestlers long since not necessarily retired retired but that are no longer wrestling that you could do this on the the first one to me that jumped out was rick flair um just because i thought everything with not only just during his career but now after um you know you can include what charlotte's bringing to the table now everything sure. else but that was the one to me that stood out of like if they're going to make one I feel like Flair is probably their obvious first choice, but there's definitely other possibilities as well. Yeah, and and I would I would hope that and, and imagine that if they were gonna you know they would do it because I think this um, the the Michael Jordan one that you know it's not it's not just like a, a you know like a a uh, what do you, what do you call it? like the WWE when they do a documentary they kind of you know pat themselves on the back sort of a deal it's it's not like it's not like a fluff piece like you're taking some hard looks at some things to an extent right um and i, I was listening to the radio today um and ken burns said like throughout the documentary jordan's been really hands-on with everything so like how Good. true of a documentary is it which is fair so so if if we're taking like a full unbridled look at someone career-wise and beyond um 
I think Flair probably has the best story. Sure. Uh, and the best the best stuff you care. Maybe not the best story I see, Ryan, but like I mean it has enough to Rick Flair span so many decades that you can get a ten hour documentary out of it. Um, I mean the first one that comes to my mind um is the gobbledygooker. I mean the possibilities <laughs> for a for a ten hour documentary uh, on the gobbledygooker. No, um, I think when when you you kind of posed this question to me before we jumped on air, um, is uh, Hulk Hogan, um, and and I know like you know because you know he started in Japan and um, somebody's echoing. Who's echoing? Did somebody change something? Um, but uh, the no, it's got got real bad. Um, you know, Hogan started in Japan and his time through WWF and and. Um, and then the move to WCW and then, and, 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 you know, post career, late career with TNA and the injuries and the divorce and Nick's accident. And I mean, the, the, the career, and then obviously the, uh, the, the, the incident with, uh, the bubble of love sponge tape and, um, the, the return to WWE and, and all of those sort of things. Uh, I, you know, I think Hulk Hogan, if you, if you can, and and I think too, if if you're going to make something like that, obviously you're going to want to garner uh, viewers. Um, so I think Hulk Hogan will be right up there. Guys. You all right? What's going on? Something happened to Ryan. Ooh, I'm back, folks. Okay. Whew. I was like, what are we? Uh, what are we getting a up, up close view at here? Um, it's good you're wearing pants this week. Um, nice cotton. Shirt. I wanted to show you how how detailed it was. There you go, uh, Ryan. Who would who would you? like to see a 10-hour documentary on yeah um i mean i i'm not a huge basketball fan either matt but um you know i thought sean patrick thomas's performance was really good julia styles not so much um but uh really really enjoyed save the last dance so i think we could do um i think mick foley would probably be one of the better ones i think a foley documentary would be really <laughs> really good through some of his stuff in uh in japan um, the hardcore deathmatch you've seen, ECW, WCW, WWE. The guy really has done everything you can even touch on TNA career. Sure. It's done outside of the WWE. Um, I think ESPN did a really good job with the 30 for 30 for Ric Flair that, yeah. that they did do. And that was right around two hours. Um, so I don't know if we could recover all of that plus another another 10. So I'm going to go Mick Foley. There you go. Good one. Uh, Mark, what do you got? You know what? I'm going to go uh, old school, and uh, I'm going to say Andre the Giant, because oh. they, I think, was it HBO did a documentary on him yeah. here, and that was really good. But every Andre documentary I see, I always want to know more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Andre the Unbelievable Giant. Yeah, uh, a couple of comments here. Devin says the Undertaker. Um, that to me is is must view. I don't know when that uh, this Undertaker last ride series is coming on the network maybe as soon as next sunday um after money in the bank i don't know what i don't know when that's supposed to air but uh even just the teaser they gave us after wrestlemania was oh my god i can't wait to watch that because i think at least for our generation especially if you grew up wwe people i don't know if there's a person for me because you know the they, they've done documentaries on and we know, you know, between his podcast, stuff like that, we know about Stone Cold. We know a lot about The Rock. We know a lot about Shawn Michaels. We know a lot about Bret Hart. 
Um, really, we do know a lot about Hogan and Flair and stuff like that. I think one guy from from our history, like even when the Undertaker did the Broken Skull uh, <laughs> sessions with Austin, that was such a different thing that we've never really we've never really seen from from the Undertaker before. Even his like DVDs that they've done with the WWE, it's still mostly been kind of in this in this WWE uh, um, window. So I w- I would love to see more about the Undertaker. Um, Ralph says uh, Flair, Dusty Hogan uh, would all be good. Jordan says uh, the Ultimate Warrior. So um, yeah, I think I think the Warrior could g- generate a lot of content um, because yeah, I mean, you the, know the one that no one mentioned yet, uh, and now I'm just thinking of it is is obviously Vince would probably be a good one for it as well. Just in terms of in ring behind the scenes, you know getting the company from from dad taking it to where it is now so i mean that if if we're looking at like someone who's so important to the industry it, vince makes a lot of sense like jordan does to the nba yeah no i think that's that's a great idea as well and and, and that's one of those things where where the wwe not not even necessarily wwe being bought by espn but wwe having a relationship with espn um and, and and whatnot. I I think there's potential for those sort of things to be made because especially we're seeing right now with everything going on. Um, FS1 every Tuesday night airs wrestling content. Um, and I've seen it on even throughout the day. Um, you know WWE WrestleManias were on, you know ESPN the couple of Sunday nights leading up to WrestleMania. Now, would that have happened if sports wasn't shut down? Probably not. But this has kind of opened this window to an audience that hasn't necessarily been there before. So, um, you know, that is that is a great uh, a great topic and a great great question that maybe somewhere down the road ESPN Films can dig into because you got to think that the Flair documentary, the Thirty for Thirty, um, that there was some success with it, like. I know a lot of wrestling fans who tune into that. So I would think that, and, and I think there's a lot of people that have fallen out of love of wrestling have, have you know, probably checked into that as well. I agree with that, man. All right, hold on, I got to pop a top on number two here. While you're doing that, Mark and Ron, you guys went and saw the Million Dollar Man movie, correct? I did, yeah. Uh, correct. I mean, how, that was what, like 90 minutes or so? But, I mean, do you feel like they even... Falls like, out, claws out, boys. Jesus. You have to even scratch the surface on like on Million Dollar Man because I mean the Jake the Snake thing on his recovery was a oh. a ninety minute movie which was fantastic and that didn't even really touch his career at yeah. all just the recovery. Yeah, I think it. I think I don't know how much really there was to the Million Dollar Man, and that sounds awful. Um, the whole gist of that was, I think. The Million Dollar Man gimmick was more of a reflection on what Vince McMahon truly was himself. Um, you know, when they, they talked about, like, the stories of the smoking on, on the on an airplane, Vince would just give somebody $100 to, like, not smoke on this flight uh, because he could do that. So, um, yeah, it was a great documentary. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, like I said, the Ric Flair thing. Um, I think the-, the WWE has done some really good two-ish hour document, like the Pick Your Poison uh the Jake the Snake thing I thought was really really good. Um, Mark, what did you think of the Million Dollar Man? Was that the Was that the Price of Fame? Was that Was yeah. that 
I actually, yeah, I actually discussed, I, I, I had it buried somewhere uh, in, in the move. I found that DVD, um, when, uh, when I was going through stuff. So I need to check that out. Cause I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever actually even watched that. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on that, on that film. Well, I was a little worried about the uh, price of admission being a little high, but everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Yay. <laughs> <Very. laughs> so, I, uh, I thought it was very good. I don't, uh, it didn't necessarily stand out as being one of the best documentaries I ever saw regarding wrestling, but still very good. He was extremely honest and, uh, and they touched on, uh, his son, Ted DiBiase Jr. was going there quite a bit and his family. So it was very, uh, Maybe a little bit more personal than it was uh, professional with him. At least I kind of my takeaway on it, which was still very good, but I don't remember it kind of blowing me away as one of the best I ever saw. Frank says to him, he thought the movie seemed a little contrived. And I did hear that from uh, from some people that it, that it didn't necessarily seem uh, genuine. Now, again, I, I haven't watched it yet. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really remember if it was meant to be more of a documentary or if it meant to be more of like, just a film about his life where they were actually in the movie. So I, I don't I don't remember the full premise of it, but I did kind of hear a similar uh, assessment of uh, of the price of fame. So um, that's something else I will try to dig into here while I uh, while I have the time. Um, while we're uh, while we're on that topic, what what is your favorite WWE like documentary? If you went on the WWE Network under like the documentaries thing, I know Punk did one. Um, there, there is a bunch. Matt's going to retrieve his from his collection behind him. I may do the um, same because they're right over here. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. All right. I'm going to go get mine. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Here. I will I will grab mine then as well while we're talking about this. Mark, you got to paint yours I'd, or something. I'd have to uh, I have to dig to find mine. I uh, I really like the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD. Even that though they, pretty, they buried him completely. They, but that was... That was at a time when he was out of favor with the company. Yeah, but for him bad. Very interesting. I and, really uh, like the uh, the Stone Cold one, but the only issue was like it was like three and a half hours long, which was kind of my hesitation getting into this Jordan thing. It's just it's so much time to dedicate. Like I put it on on the network, thinking it would be like the other ones on the so like ninety minutes, to two hours, and then it, I'm at like hitting the the three hour mark with stone cold and we're just getting to him like breaking his neck and i'm like jesus christ (laughs) right i uh if there's one for me now i want everybody to act surprised okay can just act surprised when let me take a drink and i'll spit it out (laughs) there you go perfect just let it drool down the side of your face oh no not that one no, it was uh, it was the Heart of Gold, the Owen Hart one. That's a good one uh, that came out oh, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I it, it was uh, you know, and again, I I still wish that um, you know circumstances were a little bit different. Uh, oh, it's a great one, Ryan. Um, and that I've watched that at least ten times. I bet I, I am so enamored by was... the story of ECW. They could do a ten-hour episode on ECW, and I think a ton of people would watch. I think so too. Um, the the I, I I do wish that like Martha and the and the family would have been involved. I can certainly understand why they uh, they were not part of a of a WWE uh, production. Um, but uh, I I thought the King of Hearts or the Heart of Gold was um was was really well done. Mark, did you say yours? I I didn't. I miss. Yeah, I I'd like that uh, 
the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior but honestly now that uh, ryan brought it up rise and fall of ecw was phenomenal i enjoyed that so much that was great yeah devin uh devin says the paul Heyman, the paul Heyman. um you know, my name is, or uh, that's a really good one. Hi, my so. name is. I think that was what it's called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but no, that one was really good too. Um, that that's one that uh, that I that I bought and had in the collection. Um, so yeah, the the Heyman one was really good. I mean, they've they, they've done a lot of of really good ones. I think one that's one thing. You know, we can always argue about storylines and and development of character and and all of that, especially in recent years, but. One thing that WWE usually does uh, does do pretty pretty well is, is their is their video content, whether it's the, the documentaries or the build ups to matches at, at pay per views or what have you. Um, I think are pretty good. Now I was um, I was watching I was watching an old uh, I know I remember what it was. I was watching the the WrestleMania 30 the match um, between the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar because the Pritchard Show did a um watch along uh, they, they they posted an episode so i i went and did that um pretty solid listening again the match is like 20 something 23 minutes long or something like that um uh, it, it, the match doesn't seem as long when when bruce and, and conrad are talking through it so um it, it gets you through the 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 listen a little bit but it it, it and then i went and i watched um wrestlemania 34 again and it um it kind of brought this topic into my head. Um, obviously, WrestleMania this year was uh, was a, a extreme circumstance. Next year, it's supposed to be supposed to be as of right now uh, at the new SoFi Stadium in uh, in LA. Um, but thirty five was in an open air stadium. Thirty four was in a a domed arena uh, or domed stadium, the Superdome. Uh, the prior year was in Florida, open air. Do you guys have a a preferred venue? for your WrestleMania? Like, do you prefer the open air, be it East Coast, so you're mostly at night, West Coast, more during the day? Or do you prefer things like the Superdome, the Georgia Dome, um, the Astrodome, like, you know, 17, um, like a domed, like an indoor stadium versus a an outdoor stadium? Do you have, do you prefer one over the other? I, I don't have a preference. I just would I would want it to be dark. So if that would be a mania outdoors on the East Coast, that's fine. It was weird to see thirty one and have um, so much daylight during during the show. Guys, they get ready to lock up. They're going like this. <laughs> right. Even even WrestleMania uh, thirty five being outdoors, um, the pre show was 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 light pretty much when like the the battle royals and stuff. That's fine. I don't I don't care too much for that. But I would want the main show under dark. Okay, so now next year, next year, if it uh, it does go off 333 days from now um, at uh, SoFi Stadium, the, you know, most of it or a good portion of it, because I think that is going, it's going to be an indoor stadium, but it's going to be like mostly glass, similar to um, the the Viking Stadium. So I think you're you're going to have a good portion of it with uh, with daylight. Given Vikings, it, did you say? Oh, yes. Uh, hey, uh, so much like that stadium in Minnesota. Um, you're you're gonna have a lot of uh, you're gonna have a lot of daylight to next year's WrestleMania. Um, Matt, what are, what about you? Do you have a preference, one or the other? I do. I, I prefer the indoor 
arena just because it it just feels more like a wrestling show to me when it's in an arena as opposed to outdoor where it kind of feels like you know a monster truck rally so it's to me it's just kind of like i didn't like the bright sunshine in everyone's face you you have to account for the elements if that's going to be a thing which on the coast it always is in florida it definitely is like having an outdoor show in florida was always just kind of like a fingers crossed thing i thought because i mean it it could just rain out of nowhere out of nowhere (laughs) for like 20 minutes and then be done. <laughs> so, so to me, it's, it's always indoors is going to be my preference. Yeah. I'm amazed. I think, um, 29, I think there was some light rain throughout portions of it. That was the, the first one in New York at MetLife. And I feel like, um, was it 27? Was that the one where Daniel Bryan lost at the beginning and the, 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 the broke kick It's 27 or 28. I think it was 27. Um, but anyway, I believe there was That's, some rain. Whatever one was in Arizona. Was that the one in Arizona? Arizona was 26. I thought it was that one. I it had to be 27 because 28 was where The Rock – that was Georgia Dome because that's where The Rock was the host and he and he got Cena at the end and that gave us the, the year build to uh, Rock Cena at 29. So 27, which is in um, the Orange Bowl, I think, uh, I think there was a little bit of rain at portions. Not getting the rings covered, but I think there was some uh, – there was some rain on that one. Um, Mark, do you have a preferred um, a preferred WrestleMania venue, indoor or outdoor? Well, if it's going to be uh, outdoor, I prefer East Coast. Same reason uh, as Ryan said, because the uh, the main events and the the more important matches, I prefer if it's dark. Um, I like the uh, Pontiac Silverdome. That was a beautiful venue. I've always liked the dome, like those type of domes, um, like WrestleMania eight was at the, it was in Indiana. So, you know, and, and like the first legacy wrestling show, I, I said, I had a feel of like a WrestleMania three, WrestleMania eight. Um, but, but it, for me, I, I, I'm with Matt. I actually like the, the indoor ones a little bit better, I think, um, because you get, um, okay. So it was 28 was the one in Florida that, the that was the one where Seamus beat Daniel Bryan real quick. Thank you to Devin. I, I double checked that one. Um, but but I was as I was watching because even like last year's or um, you know thirty five and and the, the one in Florida. Like when you're outdoors, like the, the beginning matches, you're you're kind of in that dusk, and uh, you know you lose some of the lighting effects, you lose some of the pyro effects. Um, if it's too windy, you know. Although it created a great moment. Uh, when AJ Styles was uh, was facing Shane McMahon, of him standing in the wind, blowing his glorious locks. Um, the match was just a great moment. It was. It was, the, it was the best match. It was match of the year that year. I think seven stars, not even in Japan. Um, but the, to me, you know, from start to finish, when you're indoors, um, the pyro, the lighting, the staging, all of it um, looks and feels a little bit more WrestleMania-ish to me. Um, because like, like I said, next year, you're going to run into some of those issues with, uh, with lighting and pyro. Cause like, I remember 31, um, you know, we were all hoping that like the Bray Wyatt undertaker match was going to be late enough that both of their entrances would be, um, would be solid. Even the sting triple H one, like, you know, stings coming out with that weird timpani choir or whatever the hell the, the, the drum, 
the the bass drum core that led him out and you know you have sting who's always you know the, the the crow makeup and all of this and he's coming out and he's like squinting and it's like makes it makeup's sweating off um and then like the undertaker you couldn't even really see the purple light like the scarecrows for bray wyatt wasn't as impactful i don't feel like so um yeah i like i actually like indoors i think better than uh they just had to get Sting out early because he was like ready for bed by that point. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sunday, Sunday nights are pudding nights at the home. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, and and another another topic that kind of spurred off the top of my head uh, from from listening to that Pritchard show. Um, I don't remember if it was Conrad or Bruce said that they thought that that like the build up, but especially like that night and then and then since then was was probably Paul Heyman's best moment now i don't know if they were talking just as like in his managerial role or like completely um in in terms of his wrestling career because i feel like ecw as a whole would would kind of trump uh uh you know one night in new orleans sort of a thing so like if if we're just going to kind of take it from take ecw as a company out of the equation is there a moment or uh, you know, a promo, a, a build, a feud, something that that had P- Paul Heyman in it, um, that, that that stands out to you as maybe like Paul Heyman's finest moment. I tend to agree with Bruce and Conrad that the build and because like Bruce speculated because he didn't work for WWE at the time that Paul Heyman was one of like only less than actually less than a handful of people. Um, that maybe knew that, that that the Undertaker was losing that night, and they're not even sure if Paul was because the reaction on Paul Heyman um, t- tells me that maybe he didn't know, and it, it was just pure reaction to it. That 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 f- f- feud and that moment and that and then what it led to, and 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 the the money that was made via Brock Lesnar being the one in twenty one and one. To me, that's that really stands out, you know, f- for me and Paul Heyman. Yeah, I think uh, Paul Heyman's greatest accomplishment had to be that moment, and then the moments beyond that. I know he did like that spoken word tour where he, you know, proposed the uh, maybe Brock Lesnar went into business for himself, and who would stop Brock Lesnar right, exactly. at that moment? Like he's just such a great storyteller um that that what he turns or what he touches turns to gold um other than curtis axel <laughs> come on on the day the guy gets released you're gonna you're gonna do that you're gonna do him dirty that's like reason, that that's the only reason he was on my mind pouring salt in the wound man i'm too soon for me it, it what'd you do felt, it always felt like paul didn't know like I, just gauging his reaction on that because because i've read too that there's maybe like four people company-wide that knew the outcome of that match two of them being in the ring at the time and brock and undertaker so just gauging like the the shock like covering of the mouth of, of paul Heyman always led me to believe that he wasn't even in on it um just so they could get that pure reaction from him but yeah i mean the 21 and one thing and beyond i mean is that a bigger promo than the suplex city bitch promo? I don't know. But from that WrestleMania, I mean, I think we just saw him evolve on the mic to levels that we hadn't seen for some time out of a manager. 
Um, and it was, I mean, he was managing punk for so long and we came to expect this, but punk in himself was always so good on the mic that he didn't need Heyman to be his mouthpiece like Brock did. So I think that just kind of led to this evolution of now what we come to expect from a manager. Cause I think anyone coming up now that's going to be in a managerial role in the wrestling industry has such big shoes to fill, but they also are able to learn from someone who's just like taken this role and, and made it into so much more like back from like the eighties, nineties era of wrestling. And then there was such a drop off in managers until Heyman was managing Brock after that defeat at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about the documentary, but my name is Paul Heyman. We probably don't get that if it's not for WrestleMania 30, like, because where would have Paul Heyman gone if, if Brock Lesnar loses uh, that match? And, and Bruce and, and Conrad, and, and Bruce kind of gave some insight, and I don't know if he knows this for a fact or not, um, but he said he doesn't even believe the referee, uh, which I think was uh, Lil Nate, uh, was aware of um, the what the result was going to be. And if you look, and, and I trust me, I backed it up, and, and I went went forward after the fact um, a, a couple of times, and it's, and it's hard to tell because of the angle of the camera – um, but there, there does seem to be a slight hesitation on the referee to bring the three down. Um, but, and then Bruce said, Bruce said this, and it was a great insight to the wrestling business. It's the referee's job to count to three. Um, and we've seen that a couple of instances in the last year or so where, where there's been a clear referee gaffe and not just in AEW, we've seen it in WWE as well. Um, like we've seen it everywhere. Like it, it happens. Like if, if, somebody's forgetting to kick out the referee um you know makes the business happen but it's the referee's job to count and that that's what that's what little nate did on on that night in new orleans and um so you know and i mean the referee didn't know like taker knew um obviously like vince and 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 you know like triple h shane them in the back and 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 brock i'm sure knew um because you had to get the finish in. But besides that, there may not have been a lot of people that knew. And, and six years later, um, you know, that would that would be something that I, I would love to see discussed about in, in reality. But I don't know if we'll ever get that deep of a look behind the curtain. Um, but I, w- I would love to know exactly who knew um, who knew that moment. Mark, if, if you had one Heyman moment, feud, build, whatever, whatever, uh, what have you, uh, what would it be? Uh, well, of course, the uh, Undertaker or Lesnar defeating Undertaker has to be number one. But I remember uh, it was probably early 2000s. Heyman was in, I think it was Raw. Heyman was in the ring and uh, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff were there. And Heyman made reference. It was the first time the three of them had been together. ECW, WCW and WWE representative in the same ring at the same time. I thought that was really, really neat promo i don't remember specifically it was said but i remember Heyman pointing that out okay yeah um you know so yeah i, I think i think you know that and it was such a pivotal like it was such a huge moment like in, in wrestling history like we always talk about some of the biggest moments in, in like montreal screwjob or hogan slamming mm-hmm. andre or you know the night hogan turned on uh on, on savage to join the nwo like the undertaker losing at wrestlemania like has to has to be up there in 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 like the the top moments in the history of the business because no matter you know how predictable 
um, finishes could be, or no matter how many times a guy, um, you know, is set to lose and something happens or set to win and something happens. Like it kind of became this point where like, and it was okay that you knew every year the undertaker was going to win and that's fine. He was going to win until the end of time. And then, then when he didn't like, you know, I, 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 Ryan and I, I know we were watching that one together. It was the first network, uh, pay-per-view and uh, and and when that three hit it was like wait what just happened did that did, the undertaker lost and it just it just you know and and everybody in that crowd and, and it, they touched on a great point too because the, the production team i don't think was aware because the music delayed that like it, it, you know usually you get that three count you hear the bell and then the music starts it took them a couple of seconds because they probably had the Undertaker's music loaded, and then of course when you got the graphic, they probably they were able to make that really quick. But you know, and and I think that led to the fans being in shock because they thought what just happened did somebody screw up? And and then of course when Lesnar's music hit, it, it changed everything. But uh, yeah, Devin says Undertaker guy out of that. Yeah, yeah, um, and Devin yeah. says here the the WrestleMania of the build to WrestleMania 30 and with Undertaker. Uh, stands up uh, as well. Um, just a couple more things. We're, we're probably not going to go as long as we normally do tonight, uh, but a um, couple more things here. Earlier this week, the WWE in uh, 2K uh, Gaming announced uh, the WWE 2K Battlegrounds. They're calling it a completely new WWE gaming experience that will feature arcade-style action uh, and over-the-top superstar designs, environments, and moves. Uh, they're focusing on a social pickup and play fun, but with plenty of depth for those that will want to uh, want to get way into it. Um, it. It is scheduled to launch in the fall. It is being developed by Saber Interactive, the studio behind 2K NBA 2K Playgrounds, um, and there'll be more will be coming out about the game in the coming months. Per the uh, press release on it, the um, 2K simulation, like the 2K19, 2K20. That game, well, there will not be a new one this year, uh, the fiscal year 2020. Uh, in 2020, they're going to be looking to have that uh, a new one of those out in 2021 um, because of the uh, the issues both with the the mistakes made in 2K20 plus um, with you know you want to make sure you get a, a great visual design and realistic motion and motion capture and things like that. Going to be pretty hard to do right now. Um, considering everything going on in the world. So 2K, uh, the typical 2K series is, is on hold. I know I shared uh, the video um, and, the, and the press release uh, on, on this game. Um, depending on the price point of the game, I actually may look into getting it. Um, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I haven't bought a 2K WWE game, I think, since like 2K14, 2K15. Um, like, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't get, get into them that much. Uh, so this one, at least on the least intrigues me because it's, it is something different. Um, so I, I will definitely look into it again, depending on price point. Um, I know Ryan, you don't game too much, Mark. I, I, I think beyond like Tetris or Pong, I don't know how much, uh, gaming you do. Uh, Matt, do you, do you dig into it at all? Is this something that you're going to look at? Uh, I'll look into it. I mean, I do have 2K20 on, on my Xbox. haven't played it once, um, but I do have it. Um, and so I, 
it's something I'll at least do um, before I decide. I'll probably eventually just get it, but I, I don't really remember like the last time I really enjoyed a wrestling video game since like I don't know. Shut the, your mouth. WCW NWO World Tour. <laughs> right. It's, it's been that long. Like I, I re- really enjoyed the storyline mode of WWE sh- Shut Your Mouth in like 2002, but before that it was WrestleMania 2000, and then before that it was I don't know World Tour. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of like. Yeah. I kind of like the uh, the old like SmackDown versus Raw or. Um... SmackDown, like here comes the pain. I think that one sticks out in my head as as ones that were pretty solid. But um, yeah, Bri- cousin Brian says what he saw. It looks a little maybe too kid centric for him. He's not a huge gamer, but he'd like to see something more athletic um, and, and and you know realistic maybe. Um, which yeah, I mean, and again, I, I I I think that the the nature of the world right now has played into this decision uh, as well for them. James, it breaks my heart that you that you don't think that I am I'm a gamer. I have uh, purchased every WWE 2K game since uh, 2K14. And you've you've played them for how many cumulative hours? Um, maybe an hour each. <laughs> uh, 2K16 with the one with Austin was probably the one I played the most. Okay. But uh, I, I didn't buy I didn't buy 2020. I don't I've heard too much shit about it. And I really I don't know I don't have any interest in like WWE Blitz. Just not something I'm interested in. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Um, Although yeah. the Xbox, I don't think, never had great games. If you go back to like the original Xbox console, where they had just Raw. Yeah, the Raw was bad. Brutal. And then they had, a, a God, WrestleMania 21, I think, came out on the regular Xbox yeah, there was, as well. There's been a lot of bad wrestling games uh, on Xbox. Yeah. So, um, All right, let's... That's uh, guy? Who? Uh, even the like the the first Legends of Wrestling was really good, and then the second one came out, and they jerked around with all the yeah. controls, and it was just like, yep. what, what did you do? Um, Apollo Cruz uh, suffered an injury on uh, on Raw this week, <laughs> uh, and obviously is uh, is out of the Money in the Bank match. I think they're having a last last chance gauntlet match this week on or next week on Raw. I think to determine the final. Uh, Final person from Raw to get in the Money in the Bank match. Um, kind of, I, I, I actually went at it with a guy on Twitter. It's the first time I've gone at it with a guy on Twitter in a while. Uh, and I, I will say this: it felt good. It felt good. I felt, I felt normal. I felt like myself for for a period of time. And he's like, "This is bullshit. I'm so done with the WWE. Disrespected Apollo Crews. I'm like, I'm like, really, bro? This is this is it. This is the moment." That finally, that finally broke you. Apollo Crews getting pulled, like it, it's not the the numerous other clearly poor booking decisions. It's it's Apollo Crews out of Money in the Bank when clearly it's setting up a United States title win and and title run for him. Like th- this is the hill you're dying on. He goes, well, they didn't have to pull him from Money in the Bank. I'm like, I mean, they, you're right, they didn't, but it um. It kind of makes for, for a better story. He's like, well, what kind of fucking story is that? I'm like, well, I don't know. He's kind of a baby face, so it, you know, it makes you feel bad for him that he lost this opportunity, and uh, it makes Andrade look like an asshole because he's, you know, he's he's still kicking the guy when he's down, and uh, you know, and Zelina's laughing at him, and you know, it sets up the return, and uh, 
you know, and then he, he gets to the gets to the final redemption, and he's like, "Oh, they didn't have to pull for money in the bag. It's fucking bullshit." And I'm like, "Wow, I I couldn't like." And maybe the guy's related to Apollo Cruz. I don't know. I don't know the guy. He has a picture of John Cena as his profile picture. Maybe it was Apollo Cruz, and it was just a burner account. I don't know. But I'm like, man, this is it's a basic storytelling. Uh, I thought it was really well done. In you know, in terms of uh, in terms of that story, like I, I I liked it. I think that's that's how you do it. We're getting to talk about Apollo Cruz in a storyline in 2020. We haven't talked about Apollo Crews since, what, 2018? How can anybody be upset about this? I don't know that we've even talked about Apollo Crews on this podcast since, like, he debuted. It's like, hey, Apollo Crews got called up to WWE. Right, Right, that was it. I don't even remember the last time we even mentioned him or or when they just, we, like, talked about how they looked like Apollo Crews and Terry Crews and made it into, (laughs) like, that's the last time. That might have been it, Matt. Yeah, yeah, that's that. You know, the the fact that you know he's he's been on our he's been on TV for the last couple of weeks. He's now like obviously in a in a storyline. Uh, you would tend to think that at, at Money in the Bank, uh, that you know that they're gonna they're gonna talk about it and it's gonna be talked about on Raw next week. You know, why, why is this uh, last chance gauntlet match happening? Well, let's go to the videotape and Paulo Cruz was in the match and suffered the injury and. Man, this really sucks. He had a big opportunity here. Um, yeah, it's basic basic storytelling, man. I, I I I saw it and I was just like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I, I've I've been I've been really good. I haven't fired off on anybody in a while. I felt like this one was was a good one. I even quote Welcome retweeted home, every. I quote retweeted every tweet. I just I felt like my <laughs> old self again. Um, Welcome home. Welcome home. All right, just a couple of a uh, couple of news items here. Um, uh, two days ago on Tuesday, uh, WrestleVotes account tweeted that uh, they're hearing from a few different sources. WWE is willing to grant a release to quote just about anyone who requests one. Uh, basically, if a talent wants out, they can go. Will be interesting to see if anyone really does want out, especially uh, during this uncertain time. Uh, now, a few of the uh, the the wrestling insiders have have said that they've talked to people and said this is not the case or that there are people that even if they ask out will not get released. Um, you know, we saw obviously today Curtis Axel released. I don't know if that was a planned release, if that was a asked release, if that was just a another cost cutting, you know, given everything that's going on. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if, if this does hold any water, who may be uh, potentially looking – for their way out. Um, it's been two days and we haven't seen anybody. Um, again, besides besides uh, uh, Curtis Axel released. So um, I, I tend to think that there may be not be much, much weight on this one. But um, if there was somebody that you would maybe think that, okay, if, if this is their opportunity to go, if this is truly the opportunity that they've kind of been waiting for if WWE is like, look, if you want out, just we'll, we'll let you go at this point. Is there somebody that you would like to see go that could get, that could get there out at this point? Ryan. Nia Jax. Perfect. Uh, insert Mark. Boy, that was quick, Ryan. Uh, I, I, I gotta believe Bo Dallas is probably, uh, yeah. since he's been called up to the main roster, kind of, uh, he might be better off somewhere else for a little while. 
<laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe they can put the B squad or B team back together in uh, in Impact or something. Um, yeah, for me, I, I don't know. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Hopefully Bobby Lashley. There you go. If this was just his his moment in time where he's like, I can get out, I can get out, and hopefully Bob uh, will uh, will find his way uh, find his way out. Um, I think that that more than probably anybody. Yeah, maybe Matt. The, the the question was, if there's if there is actual weight to this, and I don't think there actually is, but if there is, is there somebody that you would like to see that that you know this is finally their window, their big opportunity to just I can get out, they're gonna let me go. Is there someone you'd like to see uh, see go bye bye? Someone I want them to release, or someone that I think can do better. Someone, someone that. If you know if this is their window, that if anybody asks and they can get out, that you would most like to see ask for their release and actually get released. Goldberg. Perfect. <laughs> Ryan said Nia Jax. Uh, Mark said Bo Dallas. I said Bobby Lashley, and you said Goldberg. So those are pretty perfect. Um, Devin says uh, Glorious. Uh, Bobby Roode. Yeah, I I would have no problems seeing Bobby Roode yeah, go. Go back to Impact, you know. Be be somewhere where where people liked you. Um, so, uh, uh, this was from uh, UpRocks.com today, um, and I and I and I have seen the video since then. Uh, AEW is uh, back uh, to recording and broadcasting some live content beginning next week. Um, obviously, something that uh, not only with AEW, WWE uh, is still controversial, given that the pandemic is still, um, you know, still pretty pretty strong uh, nationwide uh, and in Florida, where these events would be happening. Um, last night on AEW's Dynamite post show on YouTube, members of the AEW broadcast team uh, did their best to reassure fans that safety is a priority. Um, Jim Ross first mentioned that the plan is to test everybody who comes in, and uh, and Excalibur explained at greater length. There will be an on-site point-of-care testing for everybody that enters the building that day. Uh, it was something that uh, the, was insisted upon by the AEW management team um, that if they were going to resume taping and live shows, they need to keep everybody safe. Excalibur went on to say he's a bit of a germaphobe, so it makes him feel a little bit better. Um, now, it did not explain... Uh, what kind of tests that that will be uh, if they actually have tests for Corona um, or if it's just taking temperature, monitoring system, symptoms, stuff like that. Um, but they are at least going to be kind of checking symptoms uh, as they come in the door. The, uh, the WWE has reportedly been checking temperatures and um, monitoring symptoms of their performers. Uh, and, and as the, the tapings go on I, I read a little bit more with wwe today like even superstars who are working the shows can't work out in the gym the only people allowed in the in the performance center walls are those who are um recording storyline or match like even like superstars who are not performing actively at that time are not even in the building so um so the, the you know the wwe reportedly doing their own testing of some kind AEW looks to be doing the same and and I think that's the safest route like I don't I don't think at least from everything that I or we understand there's not any sort of uh coronavirus test that you can test and get a result immediately so I I I don't know what a corona test would would give you at that point 
But if you're checking temperatures and any sort of symptoms or stuff like that, if you're going to proceed with tapings, that's going to be the, the the safest way to do it. Like, obviously, you can be asymptomatic, as we know. You can be contagious before showing symptoms. We do know that as well. So there's still some risk involved here. But if they're monitoring systems and stuff like that, it's, it's at least uh, as safe as they can be. I'm I'm taking the same stance as I as I've taken with WWE. Like, look, if they're if they're willing to do this, if they are going to put on the content, and they they obviously understand risk, and they're they're taking as many measures as they can. I'm I'm in favor of it because I've enjoyed when I've watched Raw. I've enjoyed when I've watched you know the Wednesday night shows. When I've watched SmackDown, and when I've watched uh, obviously WrestleMania, Money in the Bank next week. Uh, double or nothing the following like I've enjoyed it it has been a welcome distraction from everything else going on um, so obviously want everybody to be as safe as possible don't want anybody to get sick um, you know I just uh, you know so, so I'm I'm still in favor of WWE and AEW continuing what they're doing um, any thoughts comments uh, on this one guys uh, Matt Ryan it's, it's a very good HR speak kind of statement to release um hats off to them but i mean it, if if i'm worried about it i'm probably just not going and there's nothing that they can really say that's going to ease those concerns for me yeah and i think i think both companies too uh, have, have been under the same boat i know aew put a statement out there wwe um you know but by all accounts you know there's been a few superstars that that haven't haven't been at shows that if 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 they don't feel comfortable you know that they're um, not there uh cousin brian at least has something here he says uh la county public health director said today they had a nursing home which had seven residents show symptoms they tested everyone and had 80 uh test positive so obviously it's it is something that um you know it it's it's out there even when you don't know uh who has it or 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 whatever so um, again, there there is risk here, and and it's something that the unfortunate thing. I mean, doing the temperature checks is great, and that's really all they can do. So they're doing what they can. So you can't really fault them for that. It's just, I mean, at this point, it's not enough, unfortunately. But there's not much else that they're able to do. So um, I know a lot of people have said that the the tapes or the no crowd shows feel weird and they do but i mean you gotta look at big picture here i mean it, at this point what else can they do besides temp checks which isn't enough so yeah yeah and you know it's it's and it's something we've talked about on the, the show uh over the last couple of weeks i talked about with nick on our uh, little debate thing uh, on, on saturdays is, is um if you're going to do these things and, and obviously as, as sports look to um potentially resume here uh over the next couple of weeks and months um you know and, and potentially football in the fall again i don't think you're you're gonna see crowds in these in these venues yeah fingers crossed uh, i don't think you're gonna see crowds in these venues for a long time um and and you're never gonna be without risk um whenever you're having any sort of event even golf where there's you know you're gonna have relatively close contact between golfer and caddy you're gonna have um you know it's 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 uh you're never going to be without risk, um, and yeah, you know it, this thing can spread um, w- when you don't know that somebody has it, and that's what the most important thing is: is staying in as much as you can. Um, 
But again, if, 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 if they're willing to, to put it out there, if they're willing to do what they can, um, you know, and, and I would certainly hope that, uh, you know, the superstars that are going to be on both of these, these programs or any of these programs, um, when they're not at the shows that they are, um, you know, avoid, you know, that they are abiding by this stay at home orders and stuff like that. So they're, 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 they're keeping their risk of getting it, um, as, as small as possible. Yeah. Brian, I agree. Asymptomatic carriers are the hidden enemy. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously it's something that we'll kind of keep an eye on uh, as the next couple weeks go about. Uh, final thing here, for, uh, this one was pulled from PW Mania a couple days ago. WWE has filed to oppose trademark applications from AEW's Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes. Cody had filed to trademark Slamboree and The Match Beyond back um, on Wednesday, November 13th and Tuesday, November 19th of last year. But they were just published on Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. WWE filed to oppose both trademarks on Friday, April 23rd. Uh, they filed for the standard 90 days to oppose the filing and were granted the extension. They have now until July 22nd to file their opposition. The reason given for the 90-day request are the potential opposer needs additional time to investigate the claim. Uh, Cody also filed to trademark the name of his father, WWE Hall of Famer Dusty Rhodes, on March 24th. WWE is not opposing that trademark. Uh, as noted last week, uh, Cody had filed to trademark his former WWE ring name, Cody Rhodes. Last on April 13th, the filing was done within 24 hours of WWE's trademark expiring. Slamboree is, of course, the name of WCW pay-per-view that was created by Dusty while he worked for the company. The match beyond refers to the War Games match, which Dusty also came up with. WWE has owned the War Games trademark since November of 2019. Um, so this is just kind of legal back and forth, um, not wanting your competition to be able to, um, you know, make, make money off of things that could, that are similar to things that you do. Um, I, I, it just, it just feels like weird, but you know, WWE owned the trademarks from, from their business. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of, I'll kind of try and keep an eye on it. Um, over the next uh, couple weeks and months to see if uh, these oppositions actually come through, if WWE just lets it die off. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will uh, we will see on those. Just something I saw kind of jump out there. Um, I, I would tend to think that the WWE, um, if uh, if they have any claim to it, would, would try and keep the Rhodes thing, but it doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, Slamboree, I feel like they could let go. Uh, maybe the match beyond because you do war games. You don't want you you want AEW to have as nothing even close to, to war games because you you do a war games every year. But we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, just something I saw uh, pop off. Um, that's all I have. I don't know if you guys have anything else uh, to add this week. Nothing this week for you guys. No, nothing, Sorry, nothing, Matt. Um, you have a couple things. I say you have a couple announcements. I know I saw from your Twitter earlier. It bits here. We'll, we'll wrap everything up. So, uh, woman of the week this week is Debbie Keitel. Um, I, I started that up last week again. So, uh, if, you, if you're so inclined, visit the Instagram page at Three Count Thursday. You're a new woman in wrestling every week. Last night I did uh, record an interview with Gabby Ortiz of monster factory and women of honor fame so we'll be dropping on saturday four o'clock great interview 
if you were ever curious of who would win in, in a karaoke battle between Gabby Ortiz and Danny Cage, I know that's the question that a lot of you oh. have. That question is answered on this show, so be sure to tune into that. No, also, man, man, let, me, let me pause you. Um, I also, if you guys check out uh, like Danny Cage, at the Danny Cage on Twitter, um, I know the Monster Factories, they're having some issues with their uh, their landlord over there. Um, and obviously with everything being shut down, they can't do training. They can't do stuff like that. Uh, jump over there, check out some of the things that Danny Cage has posted, both Facebook and Twitter. Um, because they, they are out of, out of everybody that we've interviewed and, and had on our show over the years, um, possibly with the exception of anybody that has gone through the WWE window and has understand the professionalism that it takes to go there. Anybody that has worked with Danny Cage in the Monster Factory has been number one at the top of the list when it comes to professionalism, and uh, they've they've worked with us both at our time with uh, LCW, KPW, um, at the shows there, and, and just guests on our program. Uh, Danny's been on our program, so many of his trainees. Um, so please, and, and any independent company, like this is across the board too. Um, if you have a local independent company, reach out to them, see how you can help them. This is... This is hurting independent wrestling big time right now, but really, 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 um, you know, look up the look up Danny Cage, look up the Monster Factory um, because they absolutely need help. He's he's putting out some amazing offers. If you help them out now, the things he is going to do to help you in your career um, in in independent and in just professional wrestling as a whole. So please, please, please uh, check out the Danny Cage um, uh, Facebook and Twitters to uh, see how you can help them out. Which it's funny enough you ask because the, the one of the questions asked is if Gabby Ortiz was assembling a dodgeball team to win a fifty thousand dollar prize in Las Vegas to save the Monster Factory, which Monster Factory alum would she choose to be on her team? So nice. tune in to the episode to to hear all of those questions answered. Uh, this Saturday at one o'clock, uh, we will be going live on Facebook. So a, a bonus episode this week for you guys. Uh, we did not get to record our Women's Revolution retrospective on Tuesday, so we're moving that on until Saturday. So myself and Ryan and anyone else in three count, who, who knows who's going to pop up and be there. Brittany Nicole, we've got some guests from the Wrestling Girls podcast, from Down for the Count podcast. Uh, Jess Walker's wrestling all the way over to the UK is going to be jumping in. Um, so it, it's going to be a fun time. We're just going to take a look back. Is that going to be a Zoom thing as well? Zoom as well, yep. Nice, so nice. We're going to record it if you can't watch us live on Saturday, but we will be live on Saturday just to take a look back at where the women's wrestling revolution started, which is already a debatable subject. So tune in to see when we think it started. And then our thoughts moving forward on that. But um, more interviews on the way for you guys. We got uh, Stella Gray from from Ring of Honor coming next week. We have Gypsy Mac the following week, and I'm in talk with more people. So we're producing more content. And like I said, every week on the show, since we're doing video repping someone, Felicia Rose, friend of the show, long time, two time guest, yes, went, uh, went to some conventions with us so no flips just fit me that's her shirt go buy a it. bit of the bubbly <laughs> support indie wrestling and those who support wrestling your favorite podcasters as well 
Uh, we all have shirts at this point. Jim's selling cards still. You can ask him for those. <laughs> I mean, whatever you guys want. It's it's the time to just support. Help people. Help people. Uh, Matt, where can they follow you on uh, Twitter as well? I am on Twitter. It's at 3CT, the letter A, Philly as in Philadelphia, and the number eight, so 3CT affiliate and i do run the instagram page so ask for count thursday if you ever know of any indie wrestling women that i haven't featured let me know i'm more than happy to do that too all right sounds good matt got some work to do so all right see you bud ryan where can he follow you uh it's at r y n and then the word eagle man i don't i don't tweet enough to follow me though so make sure you're following everything three count thursday always the number three never the word all right, intern Mark. I'm going to tell him. It's at three count intern. Just three at three count, count intern. intern. Mark, Ryan, awesome. Matt, uh, stay safe. Stay safe. I miss you guys. I miss having you here with me. But uh, I'm glad I can see your face every week. The hair is still. Oh, it's so gross. It's still growing. My, uh, I sent a picture to my buddy, and he said it, it looks just like my dad's did circa 1998. So uh, I don't know if that makes because my dad was older than I am now. My dad was older in 1998, so I don't know how that truly, truly makes me feel. But uh, Devin, Brian, uh, who else is in the uh, Jordan, Frank, everybody who followed along with us live tonight, thank you again. Uh, we love you all. We miss you all. Uh, seeing you guys, but uh, thank you for sticking with us. We'll be back uh, Saturday with uh, the special broadcast and then back here live next week. Uh, Stay safe again. Wash your hands. Be smart. Stay safe. Go for the pin. We love you. We miss you.